Welcome to the community where passion for life and healthy sexuality connect beautifully and easily. I'm your host, Amanda Ammons, and my goal in life is to help you thrive. And a huge part of that is your sex life. Your one life was meant to be amazing, sex included. You most likely haven't been shown this, but I'm here to tell you, you're beautifully and intricately made. Made for more, made for the best. However your journey brought you here, join me in a new conversation about one of the most amazing things ever created, intricate, passionate intercourse. Together, let's break the shame cycle. Let's learn how to please and be pleased. Let's fight fear, find freedom, and freaking have fun. Welcome to the Passion Connected Show. Hey, welcome back to the Passion Connected Podcast. I'm so glad you're here this week. This episode is amazing. I am so excited to share it with you guys. It is a little bit of a continuation of last week. We are talking again about how to talk to our kids about sex. So we last week touched on the why, and I really want to just affirm how important I think that figuring out your why for why you talk to kids about sex is so important. First, you have to know yourself. You have to know how to, how you want to advocate for your kids growth and learning and education. And so I really would recommend you go ahead and go back and listen to that episode first, but if you are ready, you're ready to jump in. I have an amazing person. I want to introduce you guys to this week. She is such a gem. Dr. Hillary Manzik. She is a psychologist and a podcast host of her own, and she is an advocate of positive parenting of raising resilient kids. And she is able to just bring that perspective of what it is like to have these conversations with kids in a way that it's really, really healthy. I feel like she is just able to bring a little bit of that parenting expertise and aspect, um, all of her education, all of her years of experience as a psychologist. And I am so excited to share her with you guys today. So get your notebook, get ready because all of this is fire. So go ahead and welcome Dr. Hillary Manzik. All right. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Dr. Hillary Manzik. I am so, so excited to have her on. We have been talking about kids. We have been talking um, about how to handle just raising them with healthy sexuality in mind. And she is going to bring amazing stuff. I am so excited for this conversation. Welcome, Hillary. I would love to just have you tell my audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So I am a licensed psychologist and a mom of three. And my whole goal, I have a, an online parenting business where I support parents. And my whole goal is to help people raise resilient kids with less stress and mm-hmm. to enjoy parenting more. So to find a way of parenting that feels good for both parent and child. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things. And of course, the ways that we were raised get in the way. So my goal is to help people cut through that noise and figure out how to parent in a way that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it easy. It's so, that's so countercultural. There's always this idea that, you know, parenting is difficult. Parenting is hard. You have to have all of these different resources. You have to make sure you do everything correctly. And instead yes. I love that idea of just making it something that works for you and your kid make this combined partnership. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, and I think parenting is hard in the sense that 
it's just, there's going to be moments that are really challenging, right? Mm -hmm. But my goal is to empower people with a framework that works for even the hardest moments so that you feel confident so that you're Mm -hmm. not just scrambling and going, wait a minute, am I doing this right? Because here's the thing, we don't have to be perfect. Actually, Mm -hmm. we only have to get it right about a third of the time for our kids to have a secure attachment and all kinds (laughs) of really great outcomes. So we do not need to focus so hard on all of the specifics. It's more about the relationship and the connection we have with our child. Oh my goodness. That just gave me like a deep sigh of relief. The one third thing. (laughs) I love that. Me too. (laughs) I love that statistic. It comes from circle of security parenting, which is based on decades of attachment research and attachment is just the quality of the relationship between parent and child. When I heard that statistic, I was like, Ah, so I share that with as many parents as I can, because I think it is a game changer. Yes. And I feel like that is a game changer for what we've been talking about too, because when, when I talk to people about talking to their kids about sex, they get so tense. They get so uptight of like, because they, they view it as this one-time conversation, or they think I'm, you know, I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right. And if we could apply that concept to this idea of like, just keep trying, just keep putting in that effort. As long as you're there, like one third of the (laughs) time or whatever you're, you're putting in that positive effort and you get it right in that amount of time, you don't have to make this something super stressful. Yes. A hundred percent. There are going to be conversations that you have with your child about sex that you're going to go, okay, I didn't get that right. Or <laughs> I, there's so much more I want to say. The good news is you are their parent for life. You can do it again and again yeah. and again and iterate. I think that's a mistake. A lot of us make is we'll have a conversation once and think, okay, well I did that and it wasn't perfect, but I just, I did that. I'm not going to touch it again. And yeah. honestly, these hard things we need to keep talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's not just a one-time conversation. It's like, no. it's their entire raising life. Even like once they're out the door, it's like, there's still you know, your child, you can still have conversations with them about, about adult topics. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really helpful when we do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what would you, um, for the parent that is nervous or feels like, I really don't know how to do this, when to do this, why am I doing this? What if I get it wrong? What are some of the, the tips that you would give for how to communicate to kids about sex, about adult topics, um, help them sort of, I guess, get into their, their kids frame of mind, like what's healthy for the child, you know? Yes. So I think in general, we need to understand that talking about hard things with our kids and answering their questions is always going to be better than our kids having some anxiety or questions or wondering about something, even if they're picking up on tension in the household, right? So this can go for everything from sex to events that happen in the news. Our kids do better when we talk to them about these things. Mm -hmm. Kids are very, especially young kids are very egocentric. And so if there is any tension or if we're really nervous and we avoid talking about something, they pick up on that. And then what they'll tend to do is they'll attribute it to themselves. Like this is my Mm. fault, right? So if parents are arguing, but they're telling kids everything is fine, kids pick up on the tension and go, okay, well, I must be, there's something wrong with me, right? Like I must be bad. So we want to talk to our kids and be explicit. And so sex is no different. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would venture to guess that your child, even at a young age has had questions, right? Like for me in our household, these questions came up 
when my oldest was six and I was pregnant with my youngest. Mm -hmm. And so there were lots of questions around, you know, where do babies come from? And I think for us parenting young kids now, our generation, and certainly the generations before us, we didn't get the sex talk. We didn't get iterations (laughs) of the sex talk. I don't know about you, but I got a book. Yeah, here you go. Good luck with that. You know, and then the rest of our sex education, at least for me, came from either whatever I got at school or I grew up Catholic. And so the church, right? And so it was very much based in, you know, just don't do it. And it's a shameful thing. And I think there's a happy medium here where we can teach our kids to have a healthy relationship with their bodies and sex and also to make good choices and to Mm -hmm. be smart about it. I think that we can do both, but most of us didn't get that. And so, yeah, we're really uncomfortable. And I literally teach parents how to do this stuff. And yet when my son said, where do babies come from? I was like, oh, okay. Keep it together. Keep it yeah. together. And yeah. thankfully I did, <laughs> I had to really like work through that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So can we talk a little bit? You talked about like your, um, you said your son, right? age six. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I've, yeah, I've had a lot of, um, so I have two girls. One of them is three and a half. One of them is two. And I mean, obviously I have a podcast about sex, so it comes up. (laughs) You're not going to avoid it (laughs) in my household. I've got diagrams of female anatomy. We've got the whole shebang going on here. So, but I do have a lot of parents who ask me, okay, like, when do you start actually using you know, language like sex or intercourse, or how do we right. start introducing that in a way that is child-friendly? Um, Cause obviously, you know, there's a lot of learning for kids by doing, there's learning by seeing, there's learning, you know, by hands-on, they can't do that. So you're teaching them a lot through yes. language. How do we, how do we work through that? And, and kind of what ages do we start that? Do you have any recommendations? Yes, that is such a good question. And I think in general, you can follow your child's lead. These questions are going to come up. And so if you have an open sort of relationship with your child where they can bring things to you, and this starts with allowing them to feel their feelings. I know that doesn't seem related, but when your child is sad, instead of distracting them from that sad feeling or trying to get them to feel happy again, it's really about, oh, you feel sad right now. I get that. Mm -hmm. That teaches your child that they can share hard things with you. Versus if you show that you're uncomfortable, they're going to learn that they can't. So this sets the foundation for every hard conversation we're ever going to have. Right. And then I'm a big fan, not only for openness, but for safety reasons of using correct terminology for anatomy Mm -hmm. from birth. I'm sure that's something that you do. (laughs) Um, So that's really important. And then you know, just answering questions. Kids will ask you questions. Kids will point at you when you're naked and go, what's that? Right. And Mm -hmm. so just being, if you need a moment to check yourself, right. Because I know again, the way we were raised, it can feel like you want to almost giggle and you're embarrassed and you can just say, Oh, these, these are breasts. These are the Mm -hmm. things I used to feed you when you were little. Right. So just answering in an honest and open way. And so when my son, he's now almost eight, which is crazy, but he was six at the time. And I was pregnant with his little sister. He was too young when I was pregnant with his brother to really think much about about what was going on. But this time he had questions and he asked me, he said, you know, where do babies come from? And so Mm -hmm. I answered him. I said, well, babies, you know, I said, they, there's two parts required to make a baby. There's an egg that women that, you know, that grows in women. 
And then there's a sperm that comes from a man and together they make an embryo and that embryo grows and grows and grows until it's ready to be born. Right. He was not satisfied with, he, he was satisfied yeah, with that yeah. answer, but he had more questions. Right. So yeah. Well, and I, that's like so hard to conceptualize as a, as a six-year-old and be like, I'm sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> there's a thing inside yes. you and it grows. There's a little you. piece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world does that mean? Yeah. So, you know, he had follow-up questions about well, how do they, how do they come together? And so I was just very matter of fact, and I followed his lead. And then I would ask him, do you have more questions? And sometimes you can start with, what do you already know? What do you think? Right. And so you can ask your child. And then of course, if what they're thinking is something way off, then you can say, well, actually here's what happens. Right. So it's really important to follow your child's lead but invite questions. If we talk mm. about these things in a way that shows that we're uncomfortable and okay, I hope that's good enough for you. Yeah. Like, let's put a lid on that. Then our kids yeah. are going to get the sense that this is something uncomfortable, that there should be shame about that. Even that maybe they're shameful for asking the question. Right. And so we yeah. want to just invite the question. So you can say to your child, and this is a great strategy. If you need a minute and you're like, Whoa, wasn't expecting that. Cause that's honest to God. That's how I felt. I yeah. was like, Whoa. Okay. Um, didn't expect to be doing this. And also my husband was downstairs. Like he had already said good night. And so I was just me and my son. I'm like, really? Like, you're not even here to help me with this conversation. <laughs> so if you need a minute, you can say to your child, that is such a great question. I am so glad you asked. And if you're not ready to say the words in that moment, you can say, I am going to figure out the words I want to use to say this, because I want to make sure I explain it in a, in a way that makes sense to you. So tomorrow we are going to talk about this and you can then take some time to think, or just take a few seconds. Wow. That is such a great question. And then in your mind going, I can do this. I can have hard conversations and you can even be transparent with your child and say, you know what, this is something that is so normal and so healthy and such an important conversation. But my mom and dad didn't talk to me about this when I was young. Mm -hmm. So if I look a little uncomfortable, it's not because you asked the question. It's because I didn't have this conversation and I'm just getting used to talking about it. So we can be honest, you know, transparency is so helpful. Yeah. I said that on one of my other podcast episodes where I was just talking about, you know, if you're afraid to jump in, don't let that hold you back. Just like, let your kids know that you're afraid to jump in and just go for it anyway, start this journey because you're going to do more damage by withholding yourself than if you were to just be honest. And I love that. I also wrote down because I mean, this, like (laughs) I am taking this, I'm running with this. Do you have any more questions? I, yes, that's, that's so simple, but oh my goodness. In the moment, that is so profound. That is the perfect thing because I realize as I'm thinking through conversations that people have and conversations with their kids, oftentimes they'll answer the one question and be like, okay, good, great. We're done. We got it. Go, <laughs> you know, yes. and actually stop and say, do you have any more being willing and showing? I think that even if they, you know, don't have any more questions that shows them that the, the door continues to be open. This conversation yes. isn't just done right here. You have the opportunity to ask more if you want. I love that. Yes. Oh yes. A hundred percent. And you can even say after that, if your child says, no, I'm good. You can say, well, if you think of anything, you let me know. We did this two weeks ago with the awful events that happened in Texas. Mm -hmm. We told my son enough to make sure that he heard it from us before going to school. Mm -hmm. And then said, do you have any more questions? And he said, nah, I'm good. And he wanted to run off and play. I said, well, if you think of anything, you can always ask. And so 
he and my husband walked to school every morning and on the walk to school, he did have questions. Mm. So just knowing that that door was open as his brain processed, because kids don't process things instantly. I mean, we don't as adults, but kids take even longer to really let things sink in. So just letting them know they can come to you tomorrow or next week if they Mm -hmm. think of something. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so good. I feel like I didn't really have that. My mom was more open. My family was a little bit more open. Um, but it still was like one-time conversations. It still was like, yeah, the door's open, but it didn't really feel open. And so giving that true feeling of like, I really can come ask them whatever I want. That's, that's huge. I love that. Um, okay. So this is a little bit of a shift, but one of the questions I get a lot is, okay, so my kids started touching themselves there two, three, four, five, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, just that young age starting right after being a toddler or whatever. And parents are going, what do I say? What do I do? Do I stop them? Do I close the door? (laughs) You know, where do we (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, for any of you wondering, this is so normal, even from a very young age babyhood. I mean, I have two boys and they found their private parts very quickly and they were just, you know, so this is normal. It's healthy and it's nothing for your child to be ashamed of or for you to be worried about. I think as our kids get older, so if you have a toddler or a preschooler, maybe a preschooler, if you have a toddler, right. Or a baby, let it happen. Just let it be. It's no big deal. Um, as your child gets older, And they start to have an awareness of themselves in a social context. So starting Mm -hmm. in preschool, right? At that point, you can just say, oh, you found that touching yourself is something you're exploring. That's wonderful. If we're going to touch our private parts, right? Then we can do that in our bedroom anytime we want. It's just not something Mm -hmm. we're going to do in front of other people. So, and and just the whole private parts are private, right? That they're just for you and anyone when you're an adult that you want to share them with, right? So you can sort of put it out there like that, but it's not, the, the big thing is to de-shame the situation. Oh, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. This is something that all kids figure out at some point. You can do that anytime you want, but we want to make sure that we keep our private parts private. So you can do it in your room, right? And so yeah. that's how that's how I have handled it. And that's how, you know, I would say to handle it, especially as your child, like I said, gets older, we want to help them understand not just social appropriateness, but also safety, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want them to be doing things that could put them in a bad position when they're out in public, say. Yeah. Yeah. And we're raising them to be good adults. We're not raising them to be obedient children. We're raising them to be their own and to make their own decisions and all of that. And I think one of the things that was so powerful for me, I can't powerful for me. I can't remember who said it. Um, but they were just talking about the fact that your kids don't just all of a sudden get pleasure on their clitoris or their penis when they turn 21, <laughs> you know, it's not like there's this, yes. twist. like it starts from, like you said, babyhood. And so it is not yes. normal. We can't just expect them to just not know what that is, not know what that part of their body yes. is. That's not, not right for them. Yes. And so you can even narrate what's happening. Like you're noticing that when you touch your penis, it feels a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. You can always try that when you're in your room by yourself. That's you can experiment and see what you like, see what feels good, right? That's so normal, so healthy. 
and just again, de-shaming it. And you may need to practice this in the mirror with yourself to really, (laughs) I mean, I think again, coming from our generation, if you haven't done your own work on your sexuality Mm -hmm. and and kind of de-shaming it for yourself, then saying that to your child might be really hard. So practice it if you need to. Yeah. And just know that you've got this and you can, again, transparency is so huge. So say to your child, yeah, this makes me a little uncomfortable because nobody told me it was okay when I was a kid, but it is okay. It's awesome. It's wonderful. You know, and you can sort of let them know where you're coming from. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we were talking a little bit before we got started recording here, just about like my thoughts on it too. And I, I feel like you said it so well. It's like, you have to de-shame it for yourself. You have to know where you're coming from, which is why I'm so big on, you know, anatomy and education. I feel like nobody actually knows their body. They can't say where, especially for women, they can't say where the parts are. They don't know where they are. So how can they explain them to their kids? Um, and then from there, what do they mentally think about sex? What do they, what do they think about physical sex? What do they think about having sex? Like spiritually and with their soul and how it's tied to people? What do they think about emotions and what you think about it is going to influence your kids one way or another. You talk about it, you don't either way. And so if you don't like your sex life, if you don't like what you were taught, if you don't like how you were raised, you've got to go back. You can't just try to like teach your kids from like, this is what I wish, you know, I had been taught, but I, I can't, I'm just going to go with that. You've got to go way back. You've got to start from the beginning and you've got to reteach yourself so that it is ingrained in you. So it's something that is coming truly from your inner self and saying, this is what I really think about sex. Here we go. Let's start this parenting journey. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And, and even reflecting on what were my first experiences with sex, like with myself and with somebody else? What did I think about those experiences? Did I feel shame? Did I feel Mm -hmm. like I was doing something wrong? Did Mm -hmm. I feel guilty? Did I do this in hiding, right? And kind of just reflecting on what that was like for you and then healing those parts of you. And if this is something that is a real block for you, therapy is a wonderful resource. There are some really wonderful sex positive therapists out there who can help you work through that and process your own experiences and internalized shame, Mm -hmm. but really doing that work. I couldn't agree more. Like it is so important and it's a process, right? It's not like you do the work once and you're done. I know that for me, I'll think that I'm all evolved. And then my (laughs) six-year-old asks a question and I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) there you are, shame. Yes, definitely. I feel that because I have taught people, you know, thing, just a few things on here's how to handle situations with your kids and stuff like that. And then I'll have the same thing come up where my kid will do something or say something. And I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Time to put this thing in in practice. We've done the work. Can I actually like continue this journey with them? Yeah. It's not just like a one-stop shop and you're done. You've got to, I mean, that's a whole life. It's, you know, learning and growing. It's why we're here on podcasts. It's why we listen and make podcasts because it's about learning and growing. Yes. A hundred percent. And, and being willing to be open to that growth and change. Totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So I just want to, before we wrap this up, I want to just like open the floor. Is there anything as we've been having this conversation that you've been like, this is what I really wish parents listening knew. This is what they really have to have in order to start off their kids, healthy sexuality. I think again, I mean, honestly, my 
biggest piece of advice is to de-shame all of it for yourself and for your child. That is the biggest, like single biggest thing we can do. And like any bias that we have, or, you know, a lot of these feelings are unconscious. We don't walk around consciously going, oh, I feel shame about sex. You know, it just hits us at moments, particularly when our kids ask us. And so reflecting on it, being open to thinking about where do I, you know, what are the biases I have about sex, about body parts? Can you say penis and vulva and clitoris out loud and not have it be uncomfortable? Can you practice that? Can you, you know, really just checking in with yourself and not just what you're thinking, but what do you feel in your body when you say Mm -hmm. these words? Do you tense up? Do you feel shame? Because we've got to get in touch with that in order to really show our kids that this is something that is a normal and wonderful and healthy and spiritual thing that we are all blessed enough to be able to experience. So I think it's just really important to just do that work, continue to do that work and, and think about what are you bringing to the table? Because our kids pick up on it if we don't reflect on it. So the good news though, is that when we do reflect on it, we don't have to have it all figured out. We just have to have an awareness of like, I know I've still got some work to do. And mm-hmm. that alone can help us show up differently. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So where can listeners find you? Where are you at? Where do you love to be? Tell us all that. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at raised resilient, and you can also find me at raisedresilient.com. And I have, if you are a parent who you're wanting to parent in a way that feels good, but you're finding yourself frustrated and constantly losing your cool and overwhelmed and wondering if there's something wrong with you or your kid. I have a free guide that will be a game changer. And I say that because it was a game changer for me. So it's six mindset shifts to transform your parenting. And this guide is created from the six mindset shifts that really took me from a place of frustration and overwhelm to Mm. feeling like, you know what, I've got this. Even when my kid is melting down in, in target, you know, I've got this. So you can find that for free at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Perfect. That's awesome. And then you also have a podcast. So I do. Um, yes. But it's called Race Resilient yep. and you can access <laughs> it anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and you can also access it directly from my website. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was such a good conversation, just solidifying things and helping. I feel like you were, you know, saying, start with de-shaming it. And honestly, you brought that already. I feel like anyone listening is going to just already feel that de-shame in their self and, and able to kind of pass that on to their kids. So thank you so much for this conversation. It was amazing. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. Hey friends, if this episode was helpful, you know, the drill, it would be so encouraging and amazing. If you would leave a five-star review and a comment on this podcast, it does everything for this podcast. It helps get it out there. It shows me which episodes you guys are liking and how things are going. So go ahead and leave that rating. Let me know how it's going. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys next week.